Welcome to CCRPG, where we open up our virtual table and play games with some good friends. I'm Bob, and I'll be running Lancer, an RPG by Miguel Lopez and Tom Parkinson Morgan. You can find it at Massive Press on HIO. Last session, the DBC crew accepted a mission from the Aster Uprising, a group of rebels who oppose the authority of Corsac and the enforcement it does on behalf of the Cygnus State. This mission would see the pilots aid in the hijacking of an almost newly completed capital ship, a symbol of Corsac's power and an asset of incredible value. We return to the pilots on the rigging, the Aster Uprising's makeshift space station hidden within a large asteroid. They await the upcoming briefing and strategy coordination meeting that all the participating crews will attend. When we return to you guys, where are you on the station? Imagine it's been a day or two that you've spent on the rigging, waiting for the last few crews to come in. Uh, so I think Astro, um, uh, he, he uh, recently activated his new, um, uh, AI or on, or, or what's it called? NH. Yes. Term. Um, yeah. Non. It stands for non-human person. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. On his mech, Hitchcock. Um. So he's just uh um gonna be at his mech, you know, um kind of uh um tinkering around with the controls and um uh, talking to Hitchcock about uh you know, battle capabilities and stuff, and then enduring his uh, criticism of his acting roles since <laughs> he chose to uh, feed Hitchcock into its database all all uh, Asher's movies, and Hitchcock has notes, so... <laughs> um, so that that's what uh, Astro's going to be doing at the moment, uh, just in his mech. All right. Uh, you will find uh, that um, Hitchcock has has branched out in his capabilities uh, in that now uh, he also criticizes other things that are not just your acting roles. Um, yeah, as he as he slowly gets to know you better, um, sometimes you'll get really confused because he'll interrupt you in the middle of you speaking to, to give you a, a brief lesson upon, um, you know, proper diction. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and just like, oh, I believe you could uh, purport yourself better if you were to simply follow these rules. And he gives you a little mnemonic to follow. He's he's very hands on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Th thanks, Hitchcock. Very helpful. Hey, he's just he's just here for you, man. Just yeah. here for you. <laughs> he's keeping you fresh. So when you get back into the acting game, you already are. You don't have to like feel like out of place or anything you already know everything you can follow what he recommends <laughs> that's right and should have called him kubrick <laughs> <laughs> um all right so uh, as the last for you crews, uh, kind of like funnel into the station, um, you find that most of them kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're very well integrated into these groups. So there's not a whole lot of, um, hullabaloo at each arrival, but you can tell that as the station gets more and more filled 
with uh, various personnel, there is like a nervous energy kind of like radiating through the station. You know, uh, emotions get high. You know, there's there's a lot of like tense standoffs, um, you know, where crews are are kind of like not um, not sharing the space well, is what I would say. Um, you have had time on other stations where this same amount of people would occupy a much larger footprint. So to say it's a little bit cramped here when everyone's on station is a bit of an understatement. Um, this is obviously a place that's meant for like some, not all of uh, the Astro Uprising to be at, at any <clears throat> given time. And one thing I would like Dine to do, or like I feel like he would do after the first night with the pizza, is like every like every evening at mealtime, he'll just be in in like the like the food hall making a spectacle of making food for the for um the the like incoming people and the people already there, just kind of like to ease tensions a little bit. Yeah, that's nice. I because mean, he, he noticed people appreciated that when he was making the pizza. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um. I'm not going to make you roll or anything. It's obvious that this is something that you can do. And I don't see any I don't see any downside. And I don't see anything interesting story wise to follow there for you just having an off night or anything. So, yeah, um, yeah, we we can assume that, you know, uh, you've been you've been spending your time kind of easing tensions, making sure everyone at the least has uh, good things to eat. Um, You, though, while um in the kind of food hall do experience um kind of like more than your fair share of crosstalk um seeing what people are talking about is there anything you're listening for um hmm anything on like the upcoming mission that i may not have gleaned from just from what i've been told like Things that they may like say like absentmindedly that like would be interesting. Okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and um uh make me a, a pilot check for the overhearing bit of this. The only thing I would have would be spot, but I don't think that really counts towards this type of thing. All so right. it's probably just gonna then be a straight just a straight check then. Twenty and I rolled a five, so not great. It is it is unfortunate because you are within kind of a sea of people, but even still, people recognize you as a bit of an outsider. So even though they like you being there, you can tell that they kind of stick to their clicks and right. kind of like hush up about the quote unquote important stuff when they're around, you know, outside ears makes sense that's unfortunate oh well dine will continue what he's doing uh what have the rest of you been doing for the last two days i feel like and i feel bad saying this because like you immediately said it for dine but um basically i feel like evelyn's doing some more socially socialization herself maybe not cooking because i feel like she's not the best cook um but I, I feel like she's just trying to find some busy work and using it as an excuse to interact with people. Like maybe she's improving her self-heating mug and, you know, maybe she's working on it in the mess hall and, you know, if people are interested, she'll talk with them or, you know, maybe she'll go down to the market for more parts and strike up conversation, that kind of thing. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you you do you do kind of get out there. Um, I'm going to say that because you have um, what's your uh your background again? Uh, what as a miner? Uh, is it worker? Oh, your background like is worker. Worker, yeah. yes. Um, so because you have background as worker, um, it's a lot easier for you to kind of like just seem like one of the folks, you know. Um, you almost, you almost, if you wanted to, could blend in as like one of the repair techs or something like that. Um, it is, it is a social situation, uh, which feels, which feels a little bit like home for you, you know, like back in the mines. Um, these are, these are a lot of blue collar type people you know it is it is pretty evident to you that a lot of people in the astro uprising come from places where they were probably uh maybe uh not well taken care of workers you know on not unlike where you come from um, oh yeah that that definitely makes sense i think because like i had always mental had this mental model of um her home planet rhyolite being like there were always a lot of people coming in and out just because, you know, there's always various jobs going on. And so, like, yeah, in that respect, yeah, it probably does feel a lot like home because, you know, there's just this mixed match of people. And I actually like the idea of this, like, at one point someone actually confuses her for uh, a repair person just because they think that she's, you know, not one of the usual folks. And maybe she helps in that respect, but mm-hmm. um, just that mistaken uh, identity type thing. So, uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and make the check to see if you kind of, like, pick up pick up on some worries or concerns or things that the the various people would be talking about here. You can uh, take uh, accuracy on it because of your background. Cool. I have, I, feel, I believe word on the street is appropriate here. That would be appropriate, yeah. Let's see. On accuracy, word on the street. 17. All right. Uh, with a 17, um, it becomes pretty apparent to you that some of the hesitancy and or worry comes from uh just a a level of unknown um in that you know that this mission is about hijacking one of the most advanced ships in the corsex fleet soon to be its newest rollout um they've received training um they've even hired on some contractors to like help them figure things out but there is an inevitable worry that there might be uh, new innovations or some new level of tech that they're not going to be able to figure out. And while everyone seems pretty confident with the new skills and abilities they've learned to help them pull this this off, there's a level of like there's no way they could possibly know if there's some new kind of like, you know, uh, system motivation module or, you know, integrated plugin in in the system that just they haven't been trained on or is so new that it's like proprietary to this project. Um, and that's that's kind of putting some of them on edge. It's it's like they can't really plan for it. So it's worrying them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. All right. Rock or Comet. Uh, I would just be hanging out on the ship and the DVC, keeping an eye on it, taking care of it. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Doing anything uh, there special? Are you 
probably just like uh trying to find any kind of files on like uh where course like the Corsac installations, like anything I can notice about patterns of like how they would guard things, you know. Mm-hmm. Try to get some tactical knowledge about that, but I don't know to what avail if I'd be able to find anything like that. Okay. Yeah, you can go ahead and start looking into it. Um, what I will say, Rock, is um, that because you've been spending your time here on the station while you have like some real downtime for it, um, I'm going to uh, later uh, ask you all for like a downtime action. Uh, you will yeah. be able to take accuracy on that downtime action because you've started looking up information early on it. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, which will basically represent the amount of time it takes you to get to where you're going. So, sure. yeah, you basically have spent extra time preparing for that, so you can take accuracy on it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And what about Rock? Or not Rock, that's who I just talked to. How about Astro? I... Uh, yeah, n- n- nothing else. Um, and nothing too much else besides like what he was doing with his mech and getting things configured um, mm-hmm. and getting to know his new overbearing NHP. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So largely just like prepping your equipment. Yeah. Okay. Um, since you are, since you are doing this, like while you're still on this station, you will have access to a little bit wider range of things that are here than would normally just be happen to be on your ship. That's like your normal operating materials. Right. Um, so what I would say is that. Um, I think I think additionally to what Rock is doing, that if if you um, are going to do a downtime action in the future that would get you gear. I will give you accuracy on that role. Okay. All right. Because you can nice. kind of requisition some things before you leave in preparation of that. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. I'll make a note of that. All right. Well, the uh, time has come. Um, the major players around the station and kind of like all of their prime players, you know, the various aces or, you know, um, leaders in each of their teams. So a lot of the people that um, Rock and Torsay met in that meeting room and like all of their lieutenants um, are all going to this meeting. Um, all of you, uh, the four of you are invited to the meeting as well, um, being as you're like... <laughs> basically just an entire team of lieutenants, right? Like you're all, you're all basically independent operators in your own rights, such that you all need to know what's going on. Um, contractors. Yeah. yeah. Contractors. You all need to, they, they can't trust that <clears throat> Astro will give you the information you need. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them. <laughs> as long as we're all on the same page. Yeah. Um, Listen, what uh, happened in the meeting, Astro? I don't know. I mentioned one of my movies, and none of them seemed to remember any of them. <laughs> I was trying to be like, doesn't this remind you all of the big briefing in, you know, Orange Alert? You know, right before we go attack the space station, right, guys? Right? <laughs> no one. I mean, does. obviously, I should sit here just like my character did in that yeah. scene. <laughs> Just stands behind a guy. Come on, get up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you. Um, Curry and Torsay are going to stay on the ship. They don't. They, it's just like someone needs to stay with the ship, first of all. 
Second of all, you guys will figure it out. Um, but you guys are all kind of brought to almost an auditorium. Uh, it, it's like slight stadium seating. So like the seats go back in almost a circle away from a central area where there's almost like a, a standing area down at the bottom. Um, there's a table and like a large screen behind it that has already some tactical like info and like local charts of like systems being displayed on it. Um uh, I'm invoking very much that scene from Star Wars where they're getting ready to go attack the um, where they're getting ready to attack the Death Star and all the pilots are kind of in that auditorium, like talking about what their strategy is going oh, yeah. to be. It's very much that type of room. Um, <laughs> but everyone kind of files in. Everyone takes their seats. Um, you see that, uh, you know, Verve is up front. Um, he is kind of like getting all the mission briefing stuff prepared. Um, and then you also see Cotto Fringe, Chris Tilton, Killis, Andrade Nico, and you are Sill, who are all the major players who were at that meeting uh, that Rock and Torsay had. Um, uh, it is very obvious uh, that Killis is just surrounded by attendants. Um, she is she is apparently like running multiple crews at the same time. Um, there is there is a level of it almost seems like she is managing other leaders who are then managing other teams. Um, Kato has like his group of like hot shots who are all like the the kind of cool kids all seated together in one area. Um, and then uh, Chris Tilton's team, uh, he seems to be a bunch of like assault operators, very much like almost military types. Um, they're they're like fit to bear. Even here, they're all wearing their full equipment, just sans weaponry. Um Andrade Nico and his team, um, they're kind of uh, they're they they look like they're a combination of like techs and fighters. Um, they all have like various equipment and like, you know, uh, kind of self-fashioned equipment and gear. Uh, and then uh are is actually running uh, two different groups. One group looks wildly different than another. It almost looks like um, she has like a security force with her uh, and also just a bunch of like lab techs and engineers, um, like a bunch of people who have like obviously no military training, very much just like in jumpsuits and engineer equipments and like um, who very much non-combatants, it looks like. Uh, where do you guys kind of situate yourself in the room? Astro will walk to the center of the room and be like, okay, the reason I called you all... No. <laughs> <laughs> they immediately all don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're probably wondering why I called you all here today. Astro walks in. in an elevator, just turned around and looked at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Astro walks this in. Me? Hmm, this is the perfect size for a movie theater. <laughs> I'm sure Good I thing. can get my movie playing on that screen up front. <laughs> Good thing I brought my projector. I feel like you would be carrying around a pocket screen wherever you go. Yeah. 
Uh, actually, you know how he has that like uh, cybernetic um, enhancement in his wrist for hacking. He also uh, <laughs> he also like included a little mini projector so he can like play relevant clips from uh, different movies, basically like GIF reactions. <laughs> All right, uh, but anyway, to answer your question, um, I'll I'll just. Uh, um, kind of stand like near one of the back walls so I can get a good view of uh, whoever's speaking. Is that what the rest of you do too? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll grab yeah. a chair just because I don't feel like standing the entire time, but yes. Or anything. Yeah. So you guys all kind of like chill out kind of in the back of the auditorium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, uh, you know, a, a couple of like late arrivers kind of file in and settle in with their respective groups. Um, the room's pretty packed for like uh, for like a briefing that basically is only just the people who need to know all this information and disseminate. There's a lot of people here, which speaks to the size of the operation and how many people are involved. Um, eventually, uh, Verve will kind of take a spot at the front of the room and everyone kind of quiets down. All right. We all know what, we all know what we're here for. It's time to go over what needs to get done. We're going to go over each bit of the plan and tell everyone what they need to do. Just so you all know what each other is doing. We have a few people running multiple operations at the same time, and it's good to know where everyone is. If anything goes wrong, we're going to have to play with it on the on the fly Everyone's been briefed already about what they're doing individually, but now we're going to go over everything in detail. To start with, Killis, your crews are going to be performing simultaneous raids across the sector. This is going to be disguised as the main goal of the operation. We're going to try and lift supplies from various Corsac depots and draw attention away from the shipyard over Indol. We're going to go hard and we're going to go fast against all of these. We need to make this look as real and as deadly as possible. We can't make it look like a running gun and a get in and get out. We need to make it seem like we're going in to stay in all of these if we're going to get reinforcements to divert to these. Are your teams up for it? Killis kind of stands up and goes, all my teams are already in place. Um, we're just waiting on the go ahead. I have everyone here briefed on what they need to do. I should be able to handle it. Verve just kind of nods, kind of expecting her to have already been prepared for this. Um, next. Chris, Andrade, you are. Each of your teams will be targeting a different point on the shipyard and the ship itself. Chris, your team is to take out the main security <coughs> station and disorient their local response. The security station is here. And he points to a spot on the schematic that he has up on the wall. Your team is going to land as quickly as possible and swarm the main station. You're going to scramble their security codes, throw their comms off, put them in a disarray. Your job is to make the job for everyone else on the mission easier. We want them to not know where things are coming from. Andrade, your team is going to be taking over station controls. I need you to infiltrate station controls and do everything you can to get the ship disengaged from the shipyard. 
We need you to get all the go-aheads. We need to get you the fuel pumped into the ship itself. We need to make sure that everything is done so that when we pull away from the ship, we don't tear part of it off. Ewer, your team's going into the ship itself. We need you to take out anyone you find on the ship. If there's techs in there who surrender, fine. Lock them in a room. Anyone who stands up to you, you kill them. We cannot waste time. I want full control of that ship within the hour that you put boots on ground. Is that understood? You were just kind of nods. You're also going to be covering exfiltration. Everyone else's teams are going to be withdrawing to the ship when you leave. We need to get that ship running, and then as soon as your teams are ready and have the ship under control, you're going to be providing support so that everyone can extract to the ship. Kato? Kato just kind of, like, stands up. As usual... Your aces are covering our everyone else's asses. You're going to maintain space superiority, take out any threats, and take out all the automated defenses. From the schematics we were able to find, there are turrets and automated defenses all around the place. You've been sent all the schematics. They're probably wrong. If you notice anything else, we're relying on your judgment to take it out. If they scramble a response, you need to delay them. If anything comes through the gates or reinforcements arrive, you need to buy us time. Kato just shrugs and says, what's new? Finally, we have a few uh, extra teams taking part in this event. We've hired uh, the crew of the DBC. Some of them are familiar faces. Others are well-respected operators and independents. Uh, he addresses your group in the back. Everyone kind of like turns to look at you. Astro waves. I'll do like a half wave. Dine will just nod. Arms folded. It's, everyone's whispering, it's the pizza guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy, guy makes a mean pepperoni. <laughs> He's awesome. Um, Whips out his chef's hat. Don, Don becomes <laughs> the famous one in this group. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, and not for the obvious reason. What's the obvious reason? <laughs> Your team's job is to buy us time. The planet Indol has a giant relay, has a giant comm station on it that can relay uh, transmissions outside of the system. We need as long as we can to get in there and take the shipyard without reinforcements arriving. Your goals are to land on Indol. We've secured you some pods, uh, <laughs> some pods that you'll be able to use to break through their defenses. Now, this is going to be important because you're not going to be able to land on your ship. You'll get detected if you come through the atmosphere on it. But we've made a lot of effort to secure some, some landing pods for you. We found a place in their defenses on the planet that you can land in pods, exit, and there's a relay station, and he points it to a map of the planet. Relay station Trine. As far as we're aware, it's the least defended relay station on the planet. If you land near Trine and sweep in and take it over, it'll make a hole in their detection net. That way you can land your ship and prepare your exit for later. Now, sweeping in and taking it out fast is going to be very important if you want to approach the comm station undetected. If you take out trying quickly, they're not going to know you're coming, and you're going to be able to have the element of surprise. After taking trying, we suggest you make your way to the main comma station, and we need you to keep it down for at least three hours. This is how long we're expecting it's going to take us to get in, hijack everything, 
and make our way away with the ship. Do you have any questions? Uh, what kind of resistance should we expect? As far as we're aware, um, the resistance on the planet is very well trained and very well equipped, but sparse. There's not going to be a ton of them. Um, each station itself is going to be operating with the bare minimum it needs to run and protect itself. Uh, keep in mind that this entire operation of building this ship is supposed to be secret. So they have not diverted a ton of their forces to the planet. Um, but as a warning, Indole is a frozen planet. It is freezing cold. And they are going to have a home field advantage there in that all of their equipment and all of their mechs are specifically geared for that environment. So they're probably not going to have to deal with the same hazards yours will because they were specifically produced to operate in this kind of atmosphere. Uh, Astro will, will nod, say, I'll make a note of that. Dine will just say, like, like under his breath, good thing my mech tends to run hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is important True. to note um, that we expect some of the best of the best of their people to be on the guard duty here. Um, but um, there's still a limit to the resources they were able to put here. Um, we don't expect that uh, you should have any trouble sweeping over the relay station, but it could be a long drawn out battle if you're detected before you reach the comm station. So speed and discretion are highly advised. Presumably we're going in first, so communications cut off as the rest of the mission starts. Ultimately, uh, the way we have things planned is as soon as you arrive at Indole, we're going to have Killis start her various assaults throughout the sector. That'll give sure. cover for them. That'll give them time to pull out to try and respond to those things. That way, as you land and move in to take the comm station, we'll be able to cut off their communications while their reinforcements are far away. Okay, are you concerned about them sending out any kind of signals before we get there? Kills is starting their run at the same time we land. Ah, Killis shut off communications in time. Killis is not attacking the not attacking the the um, shipyard. She's attacking other systems in the sector to draw forces to those as a distraction. Oh, so we, anything we, we want, we them, want to them to respond to those fires, understand. so they're not here. Understood. So Killis will draw them away. Then we'll cut their communications. Then even if their communications come back up and they get a, a, a message out, it'll take them longer to get back. All right. Well, what, uh, then my original question still stands. When does the rest of the mission start? We're going to start our assault as soon as we get word that you're moving on the comm station. Okay, so we have a time limit. You have a time limit once you're in. Yes. Um, you're not going to be able to send us messages once you're on planet or those messages will get detected leaving the planet. So we're going to have to just try to coordinate as best we can without being in communication with each other. 
All right, so you're well, going to, you're going to have a head start before we get started, but we'll need that comm station down as we're assaulting the shipyard. Understood. What's the what's the what's the difference between the um the initial sh- uh station and the main one? Uh the relay okay. station is just a small outpost. It's a a part of their defensive network. Um it doesn't have the kind of security or resources to send messages out of system. Um it is literally a a single cobble in their in their pathway uh, across the planet um if you take it out it'll make a hole in their detection network so that you can land your ship without being detected otherwise they're going to know something's up as soon as you try to get on the planet no i understand that much but like once we take out that outpost we have to go to the um to to the uh, the main um re- the main um station the comm station that's where yeah. their main communications array is that's what you need to take down Oh, is this all from the outpost? Uh, so he pulls up a map. Yeah. You're going to land here in these snow fields. You're going to make your way west, sweep over this station, Station Trine. That'll open up a break in their defense network so that you can land your ship so that you can exit later. From Trine, you're going to then move further west to the main comm station. That's where their main relay is. And if you can take out the comm station, that'll knock their communications out and we can start our assault. Yeah, I was, I was asking what the distance is between Trine and the main comm station. Ah, uh, X meters. Uh, Bob doesn't have an answer for you because I'm bad <laughs> at distances. Oh, I mean, I'm Some amount of time. You can time. get there in a few yeah. hours, probably. That's exactly what I want. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, from from where you're landing to Trine will probably, you know, you're probably within an hour of the station from Trine to the main comm station is probably like two hours. So this can all be done in like five hours from when you start. Cool. If you're if you're like going at a pace, like obviously if you need to stop and repair or something at Trine or resupply or something like that, it might take you a little bit of extra time, but I mean, that actually leads to what he's going to say next. How long do you think you're going to need from your time landing on the planet to the time that the station will be taking down? How long did it when we were were taking over that warp gate? How long did that take us? Using as a frame of reference. Uh, So beating the mechs out front and then infiltrating it and take in like bringing the station back up all happened within like two hours. Uh, Maybe maybe even an hour and a half, because like you took some time where you were like bantering with them outside and doing various things and stuff before you went and docked. And then you spent a long time like exploring in the darkness and having like a horror moment when a chainsaw man attacked you. So, uh Probably, yeah, I mean, probably an hour and a half total from, like, encountering the mechs out front of that station to getting the warp gate back up. Let's uh, round up to two hours, quadruple that. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Okay. uh, At least eight hours, I would say. All right. Well, I mean, eight hours sounds about right. Then is the plan that we will start our assault eight hours after you report that you're going to land on the planet. Okay, sounds, sounds good. good. Wait, how long was the travel time? 
You said a few hours. So from where you land on the planet, it'll take about an hour to get to Trine, and then from Trine, about two hours to get to the comm station. So that so you think like six, two, 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 five two hours six of with... actual um, combat time and uh, time at the stations. Yeah, but we 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 don't want to sit there and like hold it forever, right? Uh, they've asked you if you can to keep the state the comms down for at least three hours for them to enact their plan. Right, but if we get there early, right, then we have to like sit there for longer than three hours. So we want to try to time it as close as possible. Still, right. Um, that eight hours I, might be a lot yeah. of extra time. That's so. true. However, I will say that I'd rather us be early than late. It'll yeah, also I mean, be it, a problem, uh, says uh, Killis. Um, it'll also be a problem if um, they figure out what happened at Trine while you're planning to move on the comm station. Um, a lot of this depends on you sweeping Trine early and not getting detected on your way to the comm station. Um, if you're just sitting around in trying or waiting out front of the comm station for too long to time out those eight hours, that increases the chances that they'll figure out what happened to trying in the meantime. Want to take it down to six, maybe? Or seven? Six or seven seems better. Keep in mind, that's six or seven before they start their run. There'll be an additional yeah, yeah. three after that. Yeah, I'm assuming we want it to the point where they start their run is the estimate here. Uh, I'll defer to our combat experts, but I I, I uh, want to make sure we don't uh, underestimate because uh, worse comes to worse, I think we can hold it. Uh, we'll have the advantage of preparing and our defenses once we do have the station. Um, uh, you know, it, we'll do what we can to hold it for as long as we need to. Uh, but I just don't want to be, uh, underestimate and then, uh, risk them getting a message out as you're beginning your assault. Well, uh, I guess another question here is, is there anything stopping us from just destroying the station completely, taking it offline and then exiting early? If you can pull it off, uh, that's fine. Um, it is the most well-defended um, base on the planet. Um, uh, if you get there undetected, um, you might be able to shut it down and keep it down uh, without getting uh, too much trouble. If your goal is to destroy it, um, well, he pulls up a schematic of the base. The power uh, actually comes from deep... Uh, uh, geothermal generators beneath the base. It's why the base was built there. Um, you're not going to be able to knock out the power from the surface. Um, the under layer of the base is heavily shielded. Um, if you can somehow get in and destroy it, then that would be great. Um, but it'll probably be easier for you to shut down their system than destroy it. If you destroy it, then that's all you need to do. If you see there's an opportunity, we'll take it, I guess. Yeah. 
I, I assume this, this is out of character. I assume we don't have any. We weren't given any um, plans or anything of the base. Oh, they can give you plans. Um, oh, okay. In these, character, can we get some plans with the base? <laughs> yeah, yes, we'll forward you the plans we have. Keep in mind uh, that these are plans uh, based off of um, drafts for what they were going to make that base. So that could have been changed in the final implementation. We haven't been able to infiltrate the base itself. Um, their security scrutiny for actually getting people in there is very high we unfortunately weren't able to get any moles on planet or we'd get additional help for you um these were things we were able to rip from their systems that were plans that they were preparing to use for the construction of the base we have not uh, been able close, to verify but not them exact. we well it could be exact we just ha don't have anyone who's been able to verify them okay well uh that that's that's, uh, you know, certainly even if it's not exact, it's better than nothing. So uh, that would be much appreciated. Well, and on that note, uh, while you have provided for us, we do have something for you as well. Um, we were able to contact the Noblest Affair, and while they were not able to make it to this meeting, obviously... They did provide us with one of their escape routes that you guys could use if you managed to claim the ship and, um, well, essentially hide it, and they would contact you if you managed to use it. Hmm. Uh, Verve kind of, like, crosses his arm and says, do you have the data on you now? I would provide it to him. Okay. Uh, he'll go ahead and pull it up. Everyone <clears throat> kind of, like, waits, kind of with bated breath as he, like, reviews the info. Mm -hmm. And he's like... Okay, he'll uh, pull it up in addition to the other things that he has on the thing. He's like, Ewer, I need you to memorize this route and get it to all your texts. This is the route we're going to use. It coincides with some information we have on uh, reduced defenses uh, that Corsac has out there. So it's no worse than the route we were already planning. And if we can possibly get in contact with the Noblest Affair using it, then we're going to do that. You were just kind of nods. And uh, Kato at this point just kind of like shrugs is like, are we sure we want to do this? We don't know them. And everyone just kind of like starts mumbling, mumbling. Um, I mean, all we have to go on is the fact that they've caused some corpse, some troubles and their info. And then everyone kind of like looks back at your group again. I'll just say, uh, well, you know, if you don't trust us, we can leave. I'll just kind of move everyone like. Don't trust. I know. Well, I mean, we wouldn't think it was trustworthy if we would, if we gave it to you. I'm. I screwed, I screwed I'm kind of with Kato on this, actually. I mean, it's an option for you all. We do know them. We've told you what we know about them, but I think keeping them at arm's length might be good until we know more about them. Noblest affair is very secretive. But you have a lot to offer them, so shrug. And they uh, have a lot to offer you, too. They have access to tech that is um, beyond what I've seen, uh, you know, in outer worlds. Killa speaks up imagine. at this point, too, Sorry. and is just like, 
I don't know if we have many other options. The other independent operators in this sector aren't exactly our friends. And even those of them who have been able to reach out to us, well, let's call their friendship only in the cases of one-sided deals. At least with the Nobilis Affair, if we come in with a capital ship, they'll know we mean business. And... Maybe we stay on guard with them. Maybe we hold them at arm's length, but I don't think that the opportunity to meet them and get in their contacts list is something we should pass up. Everyone just kind of like considers. It's obvious that Kato and Killis are kind of like on opposing ends of a lot of the issues here. Um, Verve just kind of like holds his hand up as everyone kind of quiets down a little bit. All right, things haven't changed. We're following this route. We're going to see what they have to offer. This new, our, uh, our friends with the DBC here were acting on our request to contact them. So this is exactly what we asked for. Now's not a time to second guess this. We said when we started this, we were going to be playing for keeps and we're going to be putting it all on the table. We're not walking away from this with anything less than a complete victory. Everyone just seems to kind of look around and agree with things as they are a little bit. Kato seems a little frustrated. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else uh, you guys want to go over at the meeting? Or I'm sure that other more individual concerns are brought up where other people like you have questions like, OK, what about this team? When does that technician crew do with this? What's the reporting structure? If, you know, if Andrade needs support from Kato's team, how did like how, what's the like the method of contact? And like what's the hierarchy of requests? So a lot of people are talking about a lot of logistical specific fix um that don't have to do with your side of the plan so is there anything interesting to you guys or things that you would want to draw from this meeting that i could go over for you hey, sorry sorry no you're good what is the level of cooperation just because like kato was very was uncomfortable with the whole noble affair like is everyone else sort of like of the same mind or is there a little bit of like unease and tension that might cause some distrust? Uh, there is, uh, and especially because you succeeded on that role earlier, um, Evelyn, um, you understand very much that, um, it is like a bunch of crews working together more than a cohesive whole right now. Um, it is, it looks like th through some, if this if the, if this group gets some wins in their column and has some strong leadership, it might become something more. But at the moment, everyone is trying to look out for like their own group and then also the whole. But in that order, you know what I mean? So right. they care about the the they care about the Astor uprising, but they also care about their people in a slightly higher priority. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it kind you kind of see it ripple through the group that way. Um, it does seem that Killis is more a collectivist and Kado is more, you know, out for their own team. Um, and there seems to run the gamut of those kinds of feelings throughout the rest of the group. Makes sense. Anything else? I'm good. 
All right. Uh, all the rest of the info uh, that they think you will need is given to you. Um, you are able to get schematics on various things. And afterwards, um, actually, it is uh, Killis uh, who approaches your group. Um, she goes, so uh, I was the one who was able to procure uh, the drop pods for you. Um, we were only able to get four. Um, but there's four of you, so I guess that works out. Um, it's going to be a one-way trip, and you're going to be behind enemy lines until you can take out Trine, so, um, good luck. All right, um... Good old days for me, huh? <laughs> uh, from what I hear, you're, uh, you're quite the operator, and, um, I've been following your group's, uh, career. Uh, operating in these spaces. So I think uh I think we've made a good we made a good alliance here. I agree. I hope it works out that way. <laughs> if you need anything else before you leave, uh you know, operations for how the drop pods work, uh how to integrate them with your ship, um anything like that, let me know. I can send some of our specialists over to help you get uh everything loaded up. Um, also just to kind of expand on what Verve was saying in there, uh, Indol is a frozen wasteland. Um, your, <laughs> your mechs are going to have a rough time of it, um, since they are not specifically made for that kind of environment. Um, don't let your engines get frozen over. Good to know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I also I don't actually... recommend getting out of your mechs uh, too long if you can help it. Um, at least while your mech is running, you'll have the the heat on in there. Um, but uh, there's not a whole lot clothing is going to be able to do for you out there. You might be good for a few hours, but you aren't going to be wanting to do any hikes in that weather. How cold is this place? Uh, well, uh, on the belt where the bases you're attacking are, are on the colder end of the spectrum. Um, you know, we're looking at anywhere from like negative 50 up. Wonderful. Is that Celsius? Or no, Fahrenheit? it's Fahrenheit. I've decided that this universe uses Fahrenheit because hey. I get to. <laughs> uh, hey, o obviously, I Todd, it's Kelvin. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. oh, God, no. <laughs> that's impossible yes uh all, all all reactive matter has returned into a fine electron <laughs> dust in that area um the heat death of the universe started early on this planet specifically <laughs> that's funny um but you know just as a warning um a lot of their uh, turrets and emplacements and mechs down there aren't going to be operating at that disadvantage because they were built for it. And uh, sure, if you put them on any other planet, they would overheat and explode. They work just fine in the cold. Um, so just keep that in mind. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I'll ask a few logistical questions about the pod, like how far away do we need to launch and things like that. But yeah, she'll she'll give you a lot of like um, like navigation data, how to how to like 
uh, integrate it with like the control schema for the ship itself so that um, someone from like the because they're like an external device, you're going to be basically strapping onto the side of the ship, how to like uh, integrate them with the system so that someone inside the ship can like launch them and aim them and stuff like that. So um, she's able to to give you all that info, Rock. I'd like to spend a little bit of time looking over the um, schematics. If, if only to see like an understanding about where the best place to like enter in or like, you know, if there's any weak points, like, you know, considering the option of potentially taking down any of these stations, you know, because that'd be easier than defending. Well, the only station you would need to hold would possibly be the comm station. Uh, right. Trying, you can do whatever you want to, as long as you take out all the defenses there. Um, uh, but yeah, so like, are you are you examining the defenses of trying or the defenses of the comm station more specifically? Because they will I, give you one or another thing. I feel like the comm station is more important here. OK, Um so, yeah, you can go ahead and uh, look over that. Um, it'll it'll take you some time. We can assume this is something you're going to be doing uh, over the course of preparing for the mission. Sure. Yeah. OK. Um, uh, so so um, just just mechanically, um, because it's so cold, it's it, our attacks that give like heat or cause burn. Are they going to be? Uh, uh, are they going to be Less handled effective. differently, or is that something I just don't know at this point? I'm glad you asked. Uh, you do a little research, uh, <laughs> Astro, on uh, how how things generally operate on these kinds of uh, planets and what the dangers of operating your mech there can be. Um, so the status effect for extreme cold is uh, local cultures have adapted to the frozen climate, but mechs and pilots quickly freeze without a nearby source of heat. Mechs that do not move or boost on their turn become immobilized at the end of their turn. Ooh. This lasts until they break free with a successful hull save as a quick action. In addition, all mechs gain resistance to heat. Gotcha. I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> for for someone who runs hot, yeah. uh, you might you might be able to utilize this environment to your advantage. I'm like, why don't we do more missions on super cold? Hey planets? guys, I just you know I was doing some research the other day and figured out all the sub zero environments in the nearby sector, and I think we should specifically look at jobs that go there. We're moving this, through the snow fields, and yeah. everyone's like dying. Why are you moving moving so slowly? They look back and my mech is like like literally melting halfway through the snow, melting a path. Yeah, like like literally every once in a while you'll take a step and your mech will bob a little bit because there's like a river of water you're wading through. <laughs> Just steam rising up around you. Does attacking count as a non-movement action? You said if they don't move, they'll freeze. Uh, you no, literally move like the move action. You either need to move your mech or boost on your turn, or you become mobilized at the end of the turn. Okay, so and you can out of that is a yeah, and uh, it's a hull save to break out of the the like if your mech starts to ice over, you can use a hull save to break out of it as a quick action. 
I'm, well, I'm very glad I invested in um, Skirmisher because that allows me to move while attacking, thankfully, without taking ops or anything. Mm-hmm. And so all mechs have resistance to heat, so does that just mean half whatever? Half damage heat? from any heat, yep. Gotcha, okay. Your, uh, your reactors will basically be super efficient while on the planet, so all resistant, all, like all heat damage is halved. So, uh, while, heat damage, not like heat gained from. Yeah, like, no, heat gained from doing things to yourself um, is not like forced heat. You know what I mean? Like, if someone like hits you with a weapon that gives you heat, you will have resistance to that heat damage. Um, I would say. Gotcha. I, I would say, like, the heat you get from overcharging and stuff, uh, that's kind of a damage too. I think heat itself is damage. It's just like I think a it's all. HP I bar. think it's all heat. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you would get resistance to all <laughs> that as well. Um, yeah. That makes sense because there there is a um, a system which literally gives you resistance to heat, which like it would be useless if you're using a weapon that generates heat and you have that system and it doesn't have the amount of heat that you get, right? that's how i'm choosing to read it i i'm always willing to correct it later but right now we're going to run with the rule that it is resistance to heat from all sources because it just says gain resistance to heat gotcha that makes sense it's kind of like a reverse hp bar right <laughs> it just increases instead of decreases right so while we're on station on the rigging um i assume we can make uh we can uh, make adjustments to our mech loadouts. Yes. Plus, I mean, we're it's not like we're like sitting right outside of the planet, right? We still have travel time to get to the planet. That is That's, right. That seemed like a hesitant yes, though, Bob. It is a hesitant <laughs> yes, because if you do anything to change your mechs that causes like significant differences in them, uh, I will have to figure out how to change them on the fly. <laughs> Okay. Um, but if there if there if there are changes that don't change like your heat or HP or repair cap and stuff, uh, then I won't have to change anything. Oh yeah, I just mean you know if I, I mean? But, if I like um like replace some of my systems with something else. Yeah, I mean that's that's your right as a pilot. Okay. You're allowed to change all of those things. It was not. It was a hesitant yes because I was <laughs> like, ah, damn it, he's right. He is allowed to do that. Not like uh, I don't want you to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although both are true. Both are both are kind of true, but it is it is your right to be able to do that. I just <laughs> we'll see if it affects what I have already prepped. <laughs> so um, one of the things um, I'll say this in character to the rest of the group. I'll say one of the one of the things um, one of the new uh, technologies I have access to is a cloaking field that I can install onto my mech, uh, and that can cover um, that can cover an area that we can all be inside. I'm thinking, you know, if we want to uh, deal with this um, with trying the way station. As quickly as possible, and you know, um, before you know, being detected to the point that they could get a warning out, um, that could be a helpful system for me to ha have installed in my Mac. That definitely seems like a helpful system. 
Assuming they don't see my mech coming from a mile away. True. Another thing... Out of, char out of character, uh, Dine's mech is the equivalent of Todd, your, of Barry in D&D, &D, your <laughs> stealth check. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's slow, he's bulky, and man, does he generate a lot of heat. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, yeah, and one of the cool things about my cloaking field is, uh, also, uh, I take heat and <clears throat> use it, so, um. Great. So that, that will, uh, uh, be nice to have resistance on that there. Uh, so. The planet suddenly opens up a whole new level of possibilities. There's like a minimum of one, right? Like, if you took one heat. Yeah. Zero. Um, and, and I and it, I take two heat when I use it. So anyway, mechanically, if you're interested, uh, the way the cloaking field works is I activate it and I become slowed, but my mech and all allied characters within a burst two area become invisible as long as they remain completely inside the area. Effect lasts until the end of your next turn or until you're stunned, take damage, or deactivate it as a quick action. And just because we're going to be dealing with resistance a lot, remember that one of the golden rules in Lancer is always round up to the nearest whole number. So if you round down to a half, it's still one. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, out of curiosity, does this base have thermal sensors? Do we know if they have thermal sensors? Yeah. That is a good question. Yeah, they do. Ask. Yes. <laughs> Yes, the answer is okay. yes. <laughs> yes, they do. That is I a feel very, like that would be a very good way to thing. detect things on a cold planet. So yes, they do. <laughs> does your does your cloaking work on heat? It doesn't. Uh, so the you know it just makes us invisible. So you know it may be more of a tactical uh, advantage and a, a strategic advantage as we try to approach the station. So we'll we'll just have to do the best we can. Yeah, remember that invisibility uh, is is noted as in uh, terms of Lancer. Um, you're still detectable via like visual artifacts and heat signatures and stuff right. like that. It just makes it really hard to target effectively. Right. Sounds good. All right. Anything else you guys want to know pre-leaving the rigging? Am I going to get time to look over the um, schematics? That is something that you can do if you would like on your way to like the mission. Ah, uh, like, okay, yeah. like I'm going to give everyone a downtime action while traveling to the mission to prepare for the mission. If you want, that can be yours. Yeah, let's just plan, plan for that. Mm hmm. All right. Sounds like no. Um, so uh, as all the crews are kind of like, you know, getting energized, they all have a goal now. They're like getting revved up for the mission. Everyone's like checking over their equipment. As you move through the station, you see that people are like, you know, exchanging gear with each other. People who came in with more supplies are like quickly unloading supplies and like offloading it to other crews who need to like switch out things like 
this crew came in and was able to acquire more ammo. So this other crew is like trading them rations for ammo. It's a lot of like those kinds of like, hey, you need food. I need ammo. Let's trade off, you know, that kind of stuff that's going on in the station as you leave. Everyone's kind of like, I need things to shoot food. It seems like a trade. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, we're going to be on the trail for a while. I'm going to kill 10,000 tons of uh, buffalo, Mm -hmm. but I can't fit it all on my cart. Mm -hmm. But it's the only fun part of the game, so I keep doing it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you're able to get all loaded up. Um, Killis's tech crews arrive with these giant pods. I don't know how many of you are used to seeing these. Um, I assume that those of you who have operated in missions before this crew have seen pod ships before and drop pods. Um, which basically kind of just leaves Chimera as the one person who may not have seen these in action before. Um, Orion and Rock have had previous combat experience and uh, Comet, you were heavily invested in war movies. So (laughs) you've probably ridden one yourself before, if only to like get a good shot in a movie, you know, like I I visited like some sort of like military installation to research my part, you know? Yeah. And since I was a celebrity, they're like, Hey, you want to take a ride on the drop pod or something? (laughs) So, So, yeah, the way these work is they're basically uh, a compact hanger that is loaded into almost like uh, a cylinder, like a cross between an egg and a cylinder shape, right? Like it has that kind of rounded ish flat bottom that's like heat shielded that you would expect on like a, a reentry device, right? So like that it can drop through the atmosphere and things like that. Um, so it kind of has that like slightly higher weighted bottom so that it faces down through the atmosphere that's like heat shielded. Um, and it's like egg slash cylinder shaped coming up off of that. Going around the inside of the pod are various scaffolding that kind of fold around your mech as it closes, like as your mech gets in it, so that it also operates as almost like a mobile hanger. So that when the mm. front opens on the drop pod if you need to return to the pod and the pod hasn't been completely scuppered by the landing pod um you can like get back into it to like apply repairs to your mech so it's almost like a a a forward operating base that some people use now um on the other hand uh they are prone to exploding uh (laughs) because yeah they are prone to exploding a little bit um just a little bit though they don't always survive re-entry um and by that i mean you'll probably be okay um (laughs) but there's no guarantee that when the drop pod lands at its destination it'll be reusable like every time you drop a drop pod that might be the last time that pod is ever able to be used are these used pods yes is this explained in character yes i'm uh, evelyn turns to asher and say I'm sorry. Astro just shrugs and says, "Beggars can't be choosers." I guess. That- you go first. I'll 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 take up the rear. I, I well, out of character. I totally know that's not how this works. <laughs> Astro doesn't miss a beat though, and he's like, "Well, as your leader, it is my job to fearlessly lead in front." And um, so how these work is basically um, they would be fitted onto the outside of the DBC. 
um, through various like um, networked clamps. Um, they have their own minimal propulsion on them that can like push them into um, the the gravitational pull of the planet. And then it kind of relies on gravity to do the rest of the work for it. Um, the the goal is to kind of like get into a path where your ship is already going the right direction and then you release the pods and they kind of like float from there to where they need to get to. Um you will have to load your mechs into the pods because you're not in a pod ship. Pod ships are designed a little bit differently than the DBC is, so that you would able to you would be able to load your mechs into the pods and still like get in and operate on them kind of like on an as needed basis because these are just being clamped onto the outside of the DBC. When you're getting ready for the mission, you all will have to EVA out to your pods to get into your mechs and then ride the pods down to the surface. Okay. Because there's no, there's no like gangway or connection into the DBC from the pod to the interior of your ship. Uh, interesting. Does that mean we have to have a EVA system installed just to get to the pods? No, no, no. I mean, you as a pilot will need oh, to I see. I leave see. the ship in like a spacesuit and crawl around the outside of the ship to right. get into the pod because the there's not there's not a, inside. Yeah, there's yeah. not a hallway leading from the inside of your ship to the pod. And that's another point is you will have to load your mechs into the pods ahead of time because uh, if they're in the DBC it'll be a lot of extra work to get them out of the DBC and into the pods right. before sending them down to the planet. Exactly. Um, wh whoever, uh, I'll ask uh, Killis or whoever is giving us this briefing on the pods right now. She sent um, over one of her engineer teams. Okay, I'll, I'll ask them. Um, I know this is probably not high priority f for the mission, but are you interested once our ship lands in uh, retrieving these pods? <sighs> If you can pick them up, uh, I mean, they're useful. Um, I mean, we had to we had to pull some we, we had to pull some shit to get a hold of these. Um, not a lot of groups that have them are just willing to give them up. Um, and they can be hard to purchase on your own if you're not a corporate military outfit. So um, if they're salvageable and you have the time to get them, I wouldn't stop you. Um, but maybe don't get distracted by it. Yeah, yeah, not mission critical, but if we can if we can do it, uh we'll certainly try to retrieve the pods. They could be a useful asset, I'm sure, in future. The he's a missions. youngish guy. He just tries he's just like, I guess when you're trying to unearth a buried treasure, you don't always stop to pick up the nickel on your way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well said. I've decided he likes pirates. He's a pirate-themed man now. You'll never meet him again, but in my mind, there's a guy who likes reading about pirates. He's on one Does, of the tech teams out there has somewhere. He seen, has he seen Astro's uh, um, pirate oh, no. movie? Of course there is. <laughs> Maybe. It's Maybe called, he has. It's called a vast. Is With <laughs> three exclamation marks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it is it also a play on the antivirus software? It's like you're yeah. you're both a pirate and also a pirate. It, yeah, it's kind of like a, a weird the hacker pirate. It's kind of like a weird like steampunky uh, pirate. Like you've you, said too much. I already hate the movie. Uh, <laughs> like they're on the high seas. They're on like wooden ships. Um, 
but operated by like steam engines for some reason and they're also hacking uh uh some like <clears throat> big you know corporation there's a lot please going stop. on in it please stop <laughs> it's amazing it's one of his best movies that's that's the byline that someone pulled as the only positive quote on the back of the movie box there's a lot going on in this movie yeah. <laughs> they couldn't decide what kind of movie they wanted to make <laughs> That's like used as the. This was said about the movie. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. Trailer. They, they <laughs> pulled the quote on. for the advertising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. That was the only thing that remotely could be construed as positive that they could use. <laughs> Knowing me, I, my brain is trying to make this all work, but it's impossible. So that's, that's why I asked you to stop because it's 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 just, it's impossible. You're no a very be... you're a very prolific actor, Astro. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say, figure out. You, so we're gonna the... find out you were a child actor at some point, and you're gonna be in like a lot of movies as like a kid as yeah. well. Oh, oh for sure. Cage of this universe. Yeah, I was gonna say he doesn't he doesn't typically turn down a role. <laughs> he he used to own a bunch of castles until he got kicked out. <laughs> that happened his purchase of the ship makes a lot more sense yeah it does actually in that context um all right well uh you guys uh get the pods all are you so that brings a couple questions first are you loading your mechs into the pods while you're here at the while you're here at the rigging i think we should yeah yeah let's do it now unless anyone has any sort of engineering objections that i can't possibly fathom but like maybe on like on launch you know that they're gonna like uh it's gonna like cause a lot of stress on the mechs or something blah 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 but yeah i'm gonna ask everyone let's load our mechs now while we're on station makes sense all right, you guys get everything attached, ready to go, and you're ready to depart. Uh, last call for anything you want to do on the rigging before you start heading towards Indol. Not really. I can't think no. of anything. All right, excellent. Uh, it's going to take uh, a few jumps uh, to get to Indol. So let's say you have about five, six days to get there. Mm-hmm. Um now you're all going to get the opportunity to do a downtime action um kind of on the way to the mission. Some of you have already kind of like paved the ways for ways you could get ready for this upcoming thing. Um so I want to check in with each of you starting with uh Astro and see what you're all doing to prep for the mission. So Astro, tell me what you would like to do. Um, well, so as I said, one thing I want to do is, is swap out some of my systems and get the cloaking field installed. Um, uh, I, I don't think that's a downtime. Action, it is not. But I just no, we can, we can assume that you're, you were able to get that done on the rigging as you loaded your Mac into the pod. Okay. Um, um, okay, cool. Um, one thing going back to Melissa, uh, Honora, um, 
could you just remind me because my memory's terrible um what was the message she had originally sent me like wh when we were flying out to the rigging i i got a message from her um and, and what did it say what, what was she uh contacting me for Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure I wrote that down somewhere, but I'm very disorganized with where I save my notes on my computer. Um, let me. See. So I know she contacted you in the CD, like in in the UMD that you received from her on Planet after you disarmed it of right. its like uh injurious effects um there was also a message on there that gave like her contact info um i do know that you use that to send her a message but did she respond to you yet oh. i remember that what's his name got back yeah, to you that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking ruination conditioning ruination and conditioning basically me, got back to you and said didn't. like okay if you're paying well i can do you know a job for you is basically what he said that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that that's uh, who. I okay, I was wondering because I was like, I would be pretty sure if I was fucking with you as your rival, I would remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I remember now because I I you told me like I got a message and I was expecting it to be Melissa, and then it was ruination conditioning. That um, that's that's what I remember. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. All so right. uh I know I know some of you have some things going into this. Uh uh Rock, you have some um uh accuracy going into this from um doing some research ahead of time on like Corsac kind of outposts and stuff. Um uh one of you has uh information on getting gear. Is that right? Like uh getting like a gear. That was Todd. So Todd, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is yeah. so Todd, if you want to make your downtime action something related to um, prepping uh, reserves in the form of like um, equipment, uh, you will have uh, accuracy on the roll. So if you're looking to get like extra equipment that might help you in this mission, because you were sourcing parts and materials on the rigging before leaving you have a wider array of things you could accomplish so you don't have to use that as your downtime action if there's something else you want to do but i want to let you know that you have an advantage hanging out there if you want to use it okay um does can can i think about it for for absolutely we'll return to you yeah. absolutely let, let uh, me uh, consider all right evelyn yes what about you what would you like to do on the way there uh as yeah sure so i was thinking i'd like to look over the schematics of i guess what we had decided on was the um the main comms base yep the main <clears throat> comm station see if there's anything like exploitable anything we should know about obviously you know this could be totally inaccurate but at least it gives us a starting point to work off of yeah oh absolutely um so uh in that case the, that yeah. was what i have accuracy for right uh, oh, do well, you want to help with us? Well, I don't know if we can combine two or not. So uh, I will say uh, you both can do <laughs> different things or work together on something. So um, Chimera has information on the like 
the schematics of the base that she's researching specifically. And Rock, you had done some general research about um, like Corsac, like defenses in general and like kind of their security systems and and deployment formations and their security protocols. So if you guys wanted, you could pull your information together to do a combined downtime action, which would have a higher chance of succeeding in getting you something stronger. Um, or you could do separate things that would give you possibly two separate things. Uh, I'm fine with combining it, I think. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm, I want to see what happens if we could combine. Okay. Um, so um, what kind of downtime action do you want this to be? I, oh, oh, yeah. Duh, there's actually types. I didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, probably. Uh, I have such a hard time finding I actually printed it out because it's so hard to find sometimes. I'd say um, gather information, I guess. Yeah, it makes gather sense. Gather information. I don't know if it's top power at a cost. I could see maybe buy some time, but. Yeah, the information makes more sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, buy some time would be as if you're using that information um, and and uh, schematics to specifically give your plan uh, like more wiggle room in terms of timing. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is yeah. like we use the information to like stop them from retreating or you know. Yeah, or or knowing like, like what their normal protocols are for when they like radio between each other or yeah. what kind of deployments they use. Uh, gather information would give you something more material as a reserves to use during the mission. So it depends on if you want more wiggle room in the timing of things, or if you want reserves that you can use to use on the mission. Can a reserve be like having an opportunity available to take advantage of? Yes, absolutely. Or is that too abstract? Oh, it is okay. Yep. Like if we know that, um, hell, like if there's a thermal exhaust port somewhere, we can take advantage of. I mean, I think it's pretty valuable. Yeah, there are there are bonus uh, reserves, resource reserves, mech reserves, and tactical reserves. So there's like four different categories of things I can give you, depending on the flavoring of what you're doing. Okay. I mean, do we want to use this to try to find a way to blow this up so we don't have to stay there? Yeah. Like, I'm slightly conflicted because um, Evelyn is not the kind of person to encourage mass genocide. Because, you know, there's people working in there, but at the same time, if we can find a way to blow it up and disable it, that's a win in her book. Well, Maybe not, maybe not kill everyone in the base, though. It's not like Dine doesn't literally have a bomb. We don't so talk I, about that. I just mean, like, I don't respect them as people. <clears throat> you know, they're robots to me. True, true. Robots are people. If they're AIs, I guess. That reference was a little bit too intelligent for everyone, I guess. It's a Rick and Morty reference. Is, is it? Oh, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it would be. Oh yeah, Artemis did buy a bomb for you, didn't <laughs> didn't she? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I'm literally saying we don't talk about that because the thought of her having a bomb is not the most comforting thought. Artemis, what do you have? A bomb! No! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, you guys just need to decide on whether you want it to be 
wiggle room for the operation or a resource to use on the operation. And depending on your level <clears throat> of success, I will modify the level of reward I give you. You, you go ahead and decide. I th- I, if it's my downtime action, my, my focus has been on resources. Yeah, it's fine. I probably should stay the course with that, I think. Yeah, so. I'll help you. I'll help with that. So some sort of resource then. Okay, so yeah. we're going to be doing it as a gather information <clears throat> role then. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, nominate one of the two of you to be the one who does the role with triggers. Um, the other of you will contribute by one, ticking up the level of resource I give you to something better than it would have been if you had succeeded alone. And two, you will also grant an additional accuracy to the person doing the role. Uh, Jay, I think you should do it because you have the accuracy from, you know, from doing the research earlier. Okay. So you'll get double accuracy. Yep, so I you'll guess. have double accuracy and you can choose whichever the two higher accuracy rolls you get from this. Okay. All right. What kind of pilot check you want to do on this? Um, I, I'll, I'll ask it. Would assault work? I know it's more for taking part in direct combat, but seeing as how we're planning a combat, does that help information wise? That would be for the actively taking part part. Okay. Um, then I'll go with like read a situation. Or I guess, yeah. Looking for threats, threats in a situation. In a... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Go with that. Then. <clears throat> and then that's one accuracy. Is that right? Or is uh, you'll get two accuracy. Yep. Okay. So take highest. Uh, so that is 19. Oh, 19. Very nice. Okay. Oh, so. cool. Oh, no. I... <laughs> Oh, no. I close I close the roll 20 window. Oh, oh no. Oh lot. no. Alright. Dang, so close to a 20. I know. I wish there was a way to get that extra point somehow. Okay. Uh, on a 10 through 19, you find what you are looking for, but choose one of these things. Either you leave clear evidence of your rummaging, or you have to dispatch uh, someone or implicate someone innocent to avoid attention. Oh, the second option. Yeah, for sure. All right. We, we, can, we can blame it on a guard or something when we get there. Well, <laughs> questionable or, innocence on that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's his first day on the job. He thinks it's going to be a great day, not realizing it was the day of um, a shipping Stuff. stolen. <clears throat> okay, I know what this is. Uh, you won't yet, but don't worry. Uh, the DM will remember this. Um, uh, <laughs> so you will get what you're looking for, which means you will get reserves. Um, so. The first thing I'm awarding you is access reserves. Um, so the way this is is read is a key card and invite bribes or insider access to a location. What I am telling you this is, is um, you have figured out um, a way that you will be able to get into the deepest parts of the comm base 
if you get there without causing too much issue. Based on the schematics Chimera has researched and the info on Corsac uh, operations that Rock has been researching, the two of you put your information together and come up with uh, various plans and routes of access that you believe you'll be able to utilize to get to the deeper, more secure areas of the comm station that house the actual reactor of the comm station. I like that. So basically, this provides you the opportunity to do what you had been looking for, which is if you utilize this during your mission, there is a possibility you could shut down the base permanently. Neat. All right, that's good. All right, excellent. So you guys can go ahead and keep track of that when it becomes relevant in the mission. Uh, Orion, uh, my good friend, uh, what are you? Yeah, please, Rock. Does Chimera still need to roll? No, no. Um, she provided a increase in um, like the reward. So it's like uh, you got okay. a better reward than you would have gotten if you had just succeeded alone. You so still you, only do one pilot check. Yes, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you, it's it's all or nothing. One check, but she grants you accuracy and a better reward. Okay, I thought it was one check to to get it, and then another separate check to possibly get it upgraded. Oh, no, no, that's the upgraded reward, trust me. <laughs> yeah, the other reward would have been nice, but not that mission-changing, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Can, can you reveal that, just out of curiosity? Uh, it, would have been, it would have been the, the ability to, like, figure out how to downplay the response to you holding the comm station for a little bit longer. So, so the holding ah. of the comm station would have been a little bit easier. Yeah, I like this one better. Mm -hmm. the, the one we got. All right. Uh, Orion, what are you looking to do during this uh, prep station? So last time, Orion, um, like, he got the, like, he got the explosives, and he got that bombardment, and it may be malfunctioning, and Orion's just like, I don't really trust this. So he calls over Chimera to kind of work on it to work out the kinks, because he knows Chimera is a little bit more handy with this type of thing. He's like, I don't want it to not blow up when I need it to blow up. <laughs> okay, so you're I, trying I to you're trying to remove the faultiness of the barrage. Yes. Okay. Um, what do you think this is? Um, hmm. I would almost just say it's probably still get creative. Yeah. Because it's something we already have created that I'm trying to fix. Yeah. On a success, basically, I will remove the faulty <laughs> tag from your barrage. Yeah. Um, All right. And I called over Chimera because Chimera is definitely more inventive when it comes to this type of stuff. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Now, Chimera sure. has already, quote unquote, used her downtime. Um, yeah. So she will not provide you bonuses beyond the narratives. You'll still have to make yeah, this that's check. Fine. Okay. Emotional support, if you will. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, um, let me see here. I don't know if I have any. Technically, this is a bombardment or a barrage. It's not really a weapon system. So I don't really think my thing applies. Um. I guess this would I could apply stay cool because this pro I'm working with explosives. You're working so with imagine, faulty explosives. <laughs> I imagine this requires concentration, dexterity, speed, or precision. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay, so I'll I'll do that. So twenty. 
Uh, I rolled a five. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I rolled a natural one. <laughs> uh, a one plus four uh, is definitely less than nine. On a nine or less, you don't make any progress on your project. Uh, the next time you get this result, though, for the same project, you get to treat it as a 10 through 19. So uh, if you fail this project again, you get to make progress at least. Um, as long as you don't use the explosives before that happens. Uh, so you can keep track of that if you want to. But if you use the barrage before you get around to it, then you've just used it. So Chimera's emotional support was not enough. Maybe You're... it was the opposite. Maybe I was so nervous about you launching with a bomb. He's like, I, like first she's like, I, I'm going to stay in the back of the room. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear this thermal shielding armor for... Chimera, stop distracting wrong. me. <laughs> you uh, you work on it, and uh, it's not as overt as um, you failed hideously. It is more like exactly how it's how it's flavored, which is you make no progress. You're like, I know these are makeshift bombs. I know that there is an inherent risk, so I'm going to try to do whatever I can to confirm that they're okay. And you do a bunch of tests and they all come up green and everything seems OK. But you, in the back of your mind, you just can't get over. There's like a little tick in the back of your mind that's still telling you that they're risky. But you can't think of anything else to do right now to get rid of that, to get rid of that itch in the back of your brain. Sounds good. All right. I've given you some time, Astro. What uh, what do you want to do? Okay, so yeah, I'm thinking. Um, so I, I I kind of found some resources from uh, my time on the rigging. Um, I'm thinking what I'd like to do is gain a reserve for our mechs um, uh, that allows us a little more flexibility in the cold. Um, so something like the systems reinforcement that gives you a plus one accuracy skill check to to skill like hall i know like hall is skill checks we need to do if we get frozen right yes um uh, is a it is a skull it, yeah it is a is a hull save to break out of the ice once you ice over what's the difference between a uh, a skill check and a skill save again i think uh, they're the same or are they the same in, in lancer i i always get confused about that uh i believe that it just the difference is that you're not a skill check is always versus 10. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Like the difficulty is always 10 on a check for success and like <clears throat> on a dangerous check or, or like on a risky. It's always like 10 through 20 is like succeed, but at a cost kind of thing. I think a save is versus a target number. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I think you're so, right. So so whereas the skill check implies there are levels of success or at least being a 10 or a 20 gives you certain levels. A save means there is a specific target number you're trying to achieve. All right. Well, so I would like to using the resources I've acquired, um, I'd like to uh, to implement some modifications that would uh, uh, improve our haul. Uh, uh, I don't know if this can apply to all the mechs or just mine, um, but uh, so that perhaps I can get accuracy on doing uh, haul checks or saves. If if I may make a recommendation, yes, please. It 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 could be something like a program you develop that makes the machines more efficient at handling the heat 
like maybe like redirecting like the heat from the reactor to more outer points or something. Oh, as, I like that. A, I like that a lot. I, I was sort of thinking <clears throat> that, and I thought, uh, but uh, if I like, do something, it, it seems like software is something Astra would be able to create easier than just like you know. Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, that, and I thought, oh, but, but every like sort of software thing I could think of seemed like more of a systems. Uh, uh, improvement, but uh, but I like the idea of like using software to to improve like the physical performance of the hall. It's kind of like a firmware update, you know, like how yeah. you, you get like firmware updates that improve the hardware of your device. Um, yeah. So yeah, so so and, and that that was one of the things I specifically was looking for when I was you know, checking out the markets was like different, like software packages and, and, um, uh, uh, you know, libraries and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I like that. I, if that sounds good to you, Bob, I'll apply those resources I got, um, to try to install a firmware, uh, yep. upgrade. If you so will. you can, you can do this as either scrounge and barter power at a cost or get creative based off of what you've said. Yeah. Um, let me see. So, um, I think, uh, get creative or scrounge and barter won't change like my skill trigger. Um, so, uh, uh, so I know I like, I kind of feel like I did like flavor wise, I did all the scrounging and bartering already. So now I'm, now I'm being creative in implementing my resources to like kind of develop this firmware upgrade on the fly. Um, so I'll use get creative. Okay. And, uh, tell me, uh, so you've already given the flavor for what you're doing. Uh -huh. What's, what, uh, skill trigger are you using for this? I'll use uh, hack and fix, hack, right. hacker fix. Yeah, to specifically see if you can develop a program um, that you can have running uh, to uh, give you a systems reinforcement. And I have accuracy from um, from uh, my time at the rigging. Yes. All right. Cool. Let's give it a roll. Uh, I got a twenty-five. Hey, on a twenty-plus, you finish nice. your project before the next mission. Uh, if it's especially complex, treat it as a 10 to 19. So <laughs> this will probably uh, <laughs> make you uh, decide real quick. Um, so okay. I will ca I, I consider this especially complex uh, if this is something that you can use in the future. Uh, if it is something that will only work the length of time of the next mission, then you will get the success on a 20 plus. Um, I, I imagine you'll want to do that so that you can actually use it on this mission. But if this yeah. is something you want to be able to use in the future, it's only it. You only got the next highest result. Uh, and yeah. Or uh, possible I'm, limitation is it could use SP for us too. Uh, so I'm fine with, uh, using it, uh, for the duration of this mission. Perhaps later I can uh, learn from this experience to to work on a more permanent upgrade. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll keep that in mind. For now, uh, I will tell you that um, you will be able to run this system on all friendly mechs as a systems reinforcement. <coughs> um, if you're gonna apply, so 
if you're going to apply it to all of them, there needs to be a downside attached to it because plus one accuracy for four max is a huge buff. Yeah, it is. Can't make it cost system points. That makes sense to me because you're going to have to be clogging up some amount of the backgrounds like processing of your because I imagine because it's a quick fix, it's not a credit an incredibly efficient like piece of programming. Um, so it'll probably clog up your mechs, you know, processing capabilities a little bit. I don't want to make it too punishing, though. Any of your team that wants to apply the system's reinforcement for the next mission, it'll cost you one SP to equip it to your mech. Okay. And that's um, for that's for attacks or um... No, it is it is specifically you'll get one accuracy to the hull saves that you make for dealing with the cold. <clears throat> Sounds hey, good. I don't want I don't want to give up my paint job, but I might have to give up my paint job. I'll remove my Ava module. Hopefully I'm not going to go swimming anytime soon. Yeah, I'll take it. I don't know how to add a custom one, so I'm just going to leave one. Yeah, as long as you guys all leave one SP free, we'll just note that you have that active and just keep that in mind. One out of eight. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. I'll, yeah. All right, and uh, with that, uh, Astro, uh, you know, getting some uh, firmware updates to all of your mechs that will allow them to uh, at least a little bit uh, deal with the excess cold um, for your mechs that are a little bit more about all-terrain, you know, kind of specializing a little bit for the environment you're going to be heading into. Uh, We have Chimera and Rock collaborating on a plan that might be able to make your entire (coughs) operation uh, just that little bit extra effective where you might be able to take down their comms permanently. Um, And Orion um, (laughs) didn't do anything. making Making a good try on trying to like firm up his resources and, and get his ducks in a row. But, you know, explosives, explosives are just, you know, they're risky, I guess. Um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, call this episode right here. When we pick up next episode, we are going to uh, deal with you arriving at the planet and starting your mission in earnest. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. See ya.